2: We're so glad she can join us. But before we get into the Word, let's open up in prayer. Lord, we just thank you for everything, Lord. Lord, we just thank you for that you're in our lives, Lord, and that you continue to guide us and to direct our every step, Lord. Lord. Mm-hmm. And Lord, I also just thank you for the humor and the enjoyment that you give us with each day, Lord, and that we one of the fruits of the Spirit is joy, Lord, and that it's constantly present, Lord, even if we don't feel happy, Lord, but there still is joy, Lord, we also just thank you for your peace in our lives, Lord, and that everything is working as you have directed it to work, Lord, and that not one of your words is void or comes back without accomplishing everything that you sent it to do, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. In Jesus' name, amen.
0: Amen. Well, thank you, everybody, for joining us. Um, Clearly, as you prayed, sir, yes, we have a great time here, and we want to welcome you and invite you to come, come and join us. So, if you're looking for for where and all that, please reach out to us at a day of prayer yahoo com, or through our website at a day of I'd Love to hear from you. I'd love to connect with you in person, of course, and uh, and just discuss the word together. Mm-hmm. So,
3: yeah, we were talking about some things before we jumped on, but um, you know, if you have an interest in doing live stream. And God is calling you to do some things like that. We'd love to be doing some live stream in the future with this. What you missed was I was actually making faces at (laughs) LeCharles as he was beginning the opening. That's why you could hear even... um, you miss that when you don't get to see that. There is definitely a deeper level of engagement with visual mm-hmm. absolutely, and not just the, the auditory. So, um, mm-hmm. yeah, if God's calling you to, to, to be a part of this ministry mm-hmm. in any kind of way, uh, maybe not with a microphone in front of your face, but maybe something else, um, we would encourage you mm-hmm. to reach out to us about that and um, share what God's got on your heart. We'd love to hear mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm.
1: Amen. Amen. Amen Amen. To that.
0: All right, so for everyone that's listening, we are going... Over or continuing in Romans 14, and we're going to reread hmm. verses 10 through 14. This is about the third iteration of this. How? <laughs> okay. Just, just for everybody question. that's with us, right? This is uh, you, you've not selected the wrong episode. This is the current one. You, yep. So you're with us. We're all together okay. in spirit, of course. And th- for those that are with us in person, uh, again, this is the correct episode. And there's more that the Holy Spirit has to share, which is why we're going over this again. So, could I get a volunteer to reread Romans 14, verses 10 through 19, please? I will. All right. Promise?
4: And it says, But why do you judge your brother? Or why do you should contempt you for your brother? For we all shall stand before the judgment seat of Christ, for it is written, as we live, says the Lord, every knee shall bow to me, and every tongue shall confess to God. So then each of us shall give according to himself a account of himself to God. Therefore, let us not judge one another any more, but rather resolve this, not to put a stumbling block or a cause to fall in our brother's way. I know and am and, 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 and convinced by the Lord Jesus that there is nothing unclean of itself, but to him who considers anything to be unclean, to him it is unclean. Mm-hmm. Yet if your brothers is because of your food, you, you are no longer walking in love. Do not destroy with your food and one for whom Christ died. Sorry, the one whom Christ died. Therefore, do not let your good be spoken of as evil. For the kingdom of God is not eating and drinking, but righteousness and peace and the joy of the Holy Spirit. For he who serves Christ in these things is a, is account, a, a, acceptable to God and approved by men. Therefore, let us pursue the things which make for peace, and the things by which one may edify an, another.
0: Mm-hmm. Amen. Amen. So, this is our custom. I open the floor to each of you to share what the Holy Spirit's speaking and ministering to you. And ask any questions that you have.
1: Well, thank you for allowing me to have a moment, my love.
2: <laughs>
1: Allow everyone to have a moment as the Holy Spirit leads. You do, leads. you do. You're so generous and you share. Um, the there was, there was actually multiple things that I wanted to talk about, but I just wanted to look at verses 10, 10 and 12, um, just because they... They minister to my heart and they speak to me.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And it's mostly the, the last part. For we shall all stand before the judgment seat of Christ. And verse 12. So then each of us shall give account of himself to God. I just, I love that. I love to hear that. You know, us standing before our Lord. Oh, yeah, you can read it for me, sweetheart.
0: That also goes along with Matthew 16:27: "For the Son of Man will come in the glory of his Father with his angels, and then he will reward each according to his works."
1: Amen. So you know there was a time in my life when I, I walked with God that I was in terror of standing before his judgment seat. I was in terror of meeting him. just the thought of it made me afraid. But today I have a much different response to that. And this is joy to me to stand before the judgment seat of Christ, not because I'm self-righteous or haughty, but because as I, as I walk in my life today and as the Lord walked in his life, he did the things that were pleasing to the father. And when we position ourselves that way and we strive to live a life that's pleasing to the father, we have nothing to be afraid of when it comes to him. And when he talks about, things being naked and open before him, there's no shame to us. There's no terror or fear in us because that's actually how we started out with him, being one. In the the garden, there was nothing between them but the glory. Uh, Man and woman walked before God and his glory was their covering. It wasn't until sin came in that they wanted to put the fig leaves on, as you said, my love, or do other things to put between and separate themselves and hide themselves from God. But being mindful of the judgment seat, but having good expectation towards it, the Lord doesn't leave it a mystery what pleases Him. And as we're we're looking through these um, scriptures, we've we're seeing how the course of our faith is walking out, and we see you know He's been dealing with the mindsets as we've we've traveled through Romans up until this point. Um, the Holy Spirit through the Apostle Paul has taken time to take apart their preconceived notions, their concepts, their environmental exposures, um, and the, the impact they've had of growing up as um, pagans, but then now coming to understand who Jesus is, but still being in, in proximity and involved with Jews and seeing how their, their customs were and the, the dichotomy that there was between them of a, a bit of enmity. They don't they don't mesh well and and Jews and Greeks, even though they had children together, there was still, well, we have to leave you out because whether or not it's your father or your mother, that's the Greek. I mean, the the Jew or this path is right, all of those things. And as he's taken that apart, as the Holy Spirit's breaking that down and been building up, here's what it looks like to walk as our Lord and Savior walk. Here are the things that he expects to you. And this is how you carry it out. So it's not a mystery. It's not something hard or difficult to conceive. It's not a, a hard concept that's afar off, but it's, it's near us. It, here it is. It's the word and it's in our mouth and, and before our eyes to go, okay, as I'm living my life, Paul here, the Holy Spirit is saying the same thing that Jesus said. Um, don't, don't, pull out the the speck in your brother's eye and your neighbor's eye and leave the plank in your own. Mm -hmm. Don't be so concerned about managing other people that you forsake and forget to do with the things that he's called you to do and to be able to look at love. God kind of love. You guys know when I say that and when the Lord speaks of it, he's not talking about human carnal love. He's talking about the unconditional love that comes only from the Lord and the Holy Spirit himself flourishing in you and this is what it produces this is how it manifests itself and it aligns with what the lord taught us when he was here in his earthly ministry it aligns with first corinthians and other parts of the the word of god and it brings us to a place that we can stand confidently in the day of judgment before the lord so when I, when I see those verses, I go, "Oh, okay, the, all of this education, God that you've been giving us, all of this edification that you're giving us is so that when we do come to that day, and that day will come, I'm reassuring us that it will in fact come. But when it does come, we'll be prepared in knowing that we did the things that were pleasing to our Father, which is to what? love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind and strength, and to love your neighbor as yourself. Just something,
0: babe. You wonder. Yeah. So, well, you were brought up about love and about having boldness, right? Like, and it's not about arrogance or pride. Of it's like, confidence. Oh, right. Exactly. It's mm-hmm. confidence. Uh, I was reminded of First John four, sixteen and seventeen. And we have known and believed the love that God has for us. God is love, and he who abides in love abides in God. And God is Him. Then, verse seventeen: Love has been perfected among us in this, that we may have boldness in the day of judgment, because as He is, so are we in this world.
1: Amen. So, Amen. just
0: confirming exactly what you were, you know, what the Holy Spirit led you to discuss. Amen. We just, of course, have some Scripture behind it to Amen. support. I and, yes.
1: I thank you for taking the time to look that up. I appreciate it. Uh, if you guys remember, um, maybe it was before Christmas, a couple weeks back, um, we talked about letting love be our focus and letting the love of God be what we pursue, not not batting at individual traits and attributes, but going to the root and the heart of what is going to propel us, inspire us, equip us, and provide the pathway for us to do the things that are pleasing to the Father. And we talked about just set your focus on the love of God, cultivating the love of God in you, not only your love for other people, but first you have to believe God's love towards you, which you just read in First John. Um, you have to take that in and see how much God loves you. See how, how much he did for you. And then you can show that to others. Uh, let's see. Verse 15 says, yet if your brother is grieved because of your food, you are no longer walking in love. Do not destroy with your food the one for whom Christ died. And the, the, the part that stands out to me is for whom Christ died. When I got saved, my focus was on God, you loved me so much for God so loved the world that he gave, for God so loved Kamisha that he gave his only begotten son that when she believed in him, she wouldn't perish, but would have everlasting life. And as we're babes in Christ, we start there. The milk of it is that God saved me and he loved me and how much he loved me to be able to do something like that, even though I was unworthy. And sometimes when we are still in the process of growing up and have not yet reached full maturity, it's hard for us to conceive that other people are just as valuable to Jesus as I am. We will you find that scripture for me um, in the gospels about the ninety nine? Oh, yes. At one point we were the one that was the one that was gone astray that Jesus departed, right? He left the rest of the flock to come and pursue and seek and find us because we were lost. But once he captured once he captured us, once he brought us back to himself, we became a part of the flock. And then someone else, we were now a part of the 99, but someone else was that one that was astray, that was weak and alone, and that he had to go and go, you guys, I've already been with you. I've taught you. I've given you God's word. I've given you the truth. God's word is truth. Keep them, God. And he left us in the care of the Holy Spirit, and he went to pursue the one who was lost. And that's who the Holy Spirit is referencing here. So the same value that you place on Christ's death for for you, turn and place that for others. Realize that they're not just other people. This is not an an inconvenient bump in the road. This is not um, a detriment to you, but this is someone who Christ died for, and he has equal value. Go ahead, or she.
0: So I'm going to read four verses, but the main verse you're looking for is verse 12. Right? This is in Matthew 18. Verses 11 through 14. And it says, For the Son of Man has come to save that which was lost. What do you think? If a man has a hundred sheep and one of them goes astray, does he not leave the ninety nine and go to the mountains to seek the one that is straying? And if he should find it, assuredly I say to you, he rejoices more over that sheep than over the ninety nine that did not go astray. Even so, It is not the will of the Father who is in heaven that one of these little ones should perish.
1: Mm -hmm. So at one point, we were the little one that was weak, that was in need of protection, that was in need of, uh, I'll say coddling, (laughs) but... um, cultivating. We needed someone to, um, hover over us. We needed the Holy Spirit to hover over us. We needed him to do special things for us and to bring us up so that we could reach maturity, just like a, a mother hen broods over her eggs or a mother over her children, uh, her infant children and tends to them. And it's, it's not that God ever leaves us or forsakes us, but as he matures, then he expects us to now in our maturity, make a way for the, the generations, the spiritual generations, the natural as well, but coming up after us so that they have the opportunity to reach their full maturity. And we don't take it away from them because we're impatient with their lack of maturity, or we are still in the place of thinking that it's all about us.
3: Kamisha, you, Made me think of an interesting contrast in 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 sharing what you were sharing. Um, we we can look at uh, where Jesus was giving the parable about the servant who was forgiven so much, mm-hmm. uh, and, and and some say like millions, right? And, right, and he right. Has, has pleads for his life, mm-hmm. and the master forgives him of the entire debt, mm-hmm. and he walks out and he goes and starts strangling his one of his fellow servants who owes him a hundred bucks, right? Right, yep. But contrast that. Against here's Mary, considered one of the dregs of the earth, right? Scorned by society. And when she realizes what she's been forgiven, she's at Jesus's feet, washing his feet with her tears because she is wrought with despair over the amount that she has been forgiven. Mm -hmm. In that contrast, are we Mary at Christ's feet as Mm -hmm. we're contemplating how we should be viewing others? Or are we the servant who's got his hands around the other one's throat? Mm.
1: Mm-hmm. Amen. Amen. Amen.
0: But as we view that, what is that? It's the outworking of love, right? It is the outworking of love. Um But also, honey, as you were speaking, right? You you started going into really the I'll say growth, progression, maturing in Christ, right? You find that in 1 John 2, uh, begins in verse 12. It's really 12 through 14. It says there are little children, like infants. Mm -hmm. There's little children, like toddlers. There are adolescents, or young men, right? And then there are fathers, right? We are all growing. We should all be growing and maturing, right? That's what Christ expected of his disciples, mm-hmm. that they wouldn't remain as infants, mm-hmm. but they would grow into full maturity.
1: And they would come up and understand him and his ways.
0: Exactly. And then in 1 John 3, 18, he says, My little children, let us not love in word or in tongue, but in deed and in truth. As in, and isn't that exactly what Paul is getting at here in this section of Scripture in Romans? It's not just about saying a thing but it's demonstrating, it's living it out. And that's what we said about this whole section, if you will, beginning in Romans 12 through, I'll say the better part of, of chapter 15, which we've not gone through yet. But it is n- now demonstrating to the church in Rome how to live this, how this is supposed to look in our daily life.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: And you see the same thread or vein throughout all of Scripture, especially when we look and examine Christ as who is our pattern and example. Mm-hmm. Now he lived this out. And how Paul was trying to mirror Christ, being led by the same Holy Spirit that Christ was, right. and that we are for those that want to be led by the Holy Spirit. Because those that are led by the Holy Spirit, they are the sons of God. Is impossible mm-hmm. to say and do what the Father says and does without the Holy Spirit. It is impossible. Mm-hmm. So we should learn. Take heed. Right? Or as it says in Revelations, which is discussing the end, getting to the judgment part that you also brought up, honey. Mm-hmm. Right? Getting to that part here. He who has ears to hear, hear what the Spirit is saying. It matters. It's Mm -hmm. important. It is, and not just hear it, but do it. Not just in word, right? But in deed and in truth.
3: Amen.
1: So as we mature, as you learn the things of God and you allow, um, Dean, as you said, you know, you allow your other brothers and sisters who are the one that Christ died for, you allow them to have their opportunity to come up and we don't strangle the life out of them while they're in the process of it. Because most of the time what ends up happening is it is inconvenient for us and we find it um, irritating that they're still so small or, or lowly in their thinking, but that's the level that they're on. So instead of us being frustrated with them, let us give, give them an opportunity to grow and allow them to come to those conclusions through the mercy of God and Jesus Christ, just like we did themselves. Uh, we can share information with them and we should be building them up, surrounding them with our prayers, interceding for them through prayer and asking God to speak to their heart. If they're um, deceived about something, sometimes it's just a a tradition of man that they've held and represented as a tradition of God, as a commandment of the Lord, when really it's just a tradition of man. Or sometimes it's a season that they're in and God did give them a commandment to do or not do something or eat or not partake of something or other. And that's their commandment for the season. But we shouldn't interject ourselves in between that and belittle or dismay them in that process because they need it, just like we need the processes that God takes us through. And that references back to um, verse 4 in chapter 14. Who are you to judge another servant? To his own master he stands or falls. Indeed, he will be made to stand, for God is able to make him stand." The blood of Jesus Christ will cover others just as it covers us. So we should support them and edify them, which is um, what verse 19 talks about. Let us pursue the things which make for peace and the things by which one may edify another. Something dynamic that Christ said while he was in his earthly ministry was that no man takes my life, but I willingly lay it down. So the spiritually mature are able to willingly lay down their life, if you will, for their friend. No greater love has any man than this. Can you find that for me, my dear? Um, Both of those, no man takes my life and um, no greater love. But because we're able, we can lay it down. I remember I was at um, work one day and I was working in the, the NICU. And there are there are rules about having nail polish, having your nails be a certain length, because the little premature babies, um, the neonatal intensive care unit is what NICU means, uh, the acronym, what it stands for. Um, and there are rules about sanitation because of the babies are premature and they cannot tolerate infection um, happening to them.
0: So I found the uh, no one takes my takes my life, but I lay it down. What was the other one? You and
1: no greater love has any okay. in this.
0: And I had painted my nails.
1: Um, it was, oh, Valentine's Day or something. And I had painted my nails bright red. And I, you know, I had enjo- enjoyed them for the weekend. But when I came back to work, because of the rules of the hospital, my nails were the, the they were they were the length that they should be. But I had nail polish on. And I... There wasn't anything wrong with a nail polish in and of itself, but because of the color, they were like that bright red, you know, Valentine's day red. I knew that it would draw attention to my hands. And I knew because of, because of the place that my coworkers were in, my peers would in, they would see that and they would find fault. They would think automatically that I was doing something wrong and it would give them cause for concern just because bright colors draw your eyes. So I, I went and got some nail polish remover and took my polish off. And another one of my coworkers said, I wouldn't do that. They would just have to deal with it and blah, blah, you know. And she wasn't, she wasn't saying anything wrong to me, like trying to hurt me or disrespect me. But she just couldn't understand why I would take my nice, freshly painted nail polish off because someone else might be offended by it in this capacity. And I said, well, I'm able to do this. I am able to lay my life down in this way because God has given me grace to do it. And there's no harm to me and loving them enough to remove the opportunity for them to be offended. Now, if it was them being offended because I'm a believer, that's something totally different than nail polish. You got the scriptures for me, babe?
0: Yeah, so um, we're gonna do this, I'll say out of order. John 15 Uh, I'm going to read verses 12 and 13. Really, verse 13 is the one you're looking for, for the first one. This is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, than to lay down one's life for his friends. And the other one is in John 10, verse 18. Um Therefore, my Father loves me because I lay down my life. This is verse, oh, sorry, John 10, I'll read verse 17 and 18. Therefore, my Father loves me because I lay down my life that I may take it again. No one takes it from me, but I lay it down of myself. I have the power to lay it down, and I have the power to take it again. This commandment I received from my Father. Amen. No. So, so it ties both the commandment part of love and the maturity that christ demonstrated in wait the father commanded me even to lay down my life Mm -hmm. to demonstrate his love which so then our commandment love one another as i have loved you Mm -hmm. so you see that the same just connecting all the pieces there Mm -hmm. Uh, so there's no confusion
1: (laughs) (laughs) amen but the the ones that are spiritually mature are able to lay that down and not be broken or offended because of offering this grace so that someone else has the opportunity to come to maturity. And, um, you know, the, the woman that I was speaking with the coworker that I was speaking with, we, we went on and I was able to minister to her to grow in various ways. She wasn't one who would have been offended, but her observation of how I engaged with the people that would have the other people in preferring them caused her to examine herself, and I, I had the opportunity to speak with her, you know, multiple times afterward, and watch her start her own journey of maturing in the Lord, and now coming to a fuller knowledge of what it's like to walk in Christ. So, as as people of God, as ones who have sat under the Word and had time in the presence of the Messiah giving others the opportunity to come to their knowledge of who he is or come to the knowledge of who he is and have his presence in their life is an honor for us. This is a privilege versus bondage. This is God entrusting you with something versus him taking something away from you. You can ask the the mature, the spiritually mature, the older children to care for the younger because they're able to do it. Dean, do you have something?
3: Yeah, I just... Um something that that may help add another uh, layer into where you're going, because I love where where you're camping out right here. Um, We think about freedom and we think about liberty, Mm -hmm. and they're often used together, but should not really be. Freedom Mm -hmm. primarily, if not exclusively, to mean the ability to do as one wills and what one has power to do. Mm -hmm. Liberty means the absence of arbitrary restraints taking into the account the rights of all involved. Mm-hmm. Wow So we have freedoms in Christ mm-hmm. I mean we have, we have liberty in Christ mm-hmm. But not freedom just to do whatever we want to do Exactly wait, wait,
0: we, So let's just make a full picture right? Isn't that mm-hmm. written into our constitution? Divinely by the it, found it From is, the Lord to it, the Founding it, Fathers And, and liberty that that and justice for wrote,
3: all But I didn't have it with me to pull huh. up from So I just huh. pulled up the definition of liberty And it actually contrasted it against freedom mm-hmm. Which is what I was trying to get Amen. at So yes you are free but we exercise it through Liberty, right? You were free to wear the fingernail polish. That's right. But Liberty says, I consider the rights of all others. I consider the effects it may have on all others. And I subject my initial freedom for Liberty, which Mm -hmm. serves all.
1: Amen. And of course that
0: goes back to love. Exactly. Which is also in our pledge of allegiance and and all the rest of it for Um, in the United States here. Right. Um, yeah. And in the, I'll say, under the liberty given, we're going to be considerate of people's time. We're going to stop there because there's a lot, a lot mm-hmm. for people to consider, a lot to let the Holy Spirit minister to. So can I get a volunteer to close this out in prayer?
1: I will. Well, I talked the whole time today. Glory wow. to God. Well, no, amen. I'm sorry. <laughs> That's
0: okay. It's all about <laughs> how the Holy Spirit's leading.
1: Amen. God, we thank you for this time in your presence. We thank you for time together as your body and as your people who love each other and who love you, God. How can we say we love God and we don't love our brethren? The truth is not in us if that's the case. And we just thank you, God, that you are knitting and joining our hearts together, whether we see each other or not, that you are bringing all things to the culmination and conclusion that you see fit, Jesus Christ. And we appreciate you. We praise your name, and we exalt you and lift you high, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen.
0: Amen. We love you, God bless you, and have a wonderful day.
1: Thank you for listening to A Day of Prayer. We trust the Lord that you are strengthened and encouraged in your relationship with Christ. Visit us on our website, adayofprayer.org,